The point is, is that we're not paying our staff properly. And again, I'll say it here, if, if, you, if we love people and we care about people, we respect them. And if you respect them, we pay them. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, too, and taking the time to check out our the official podcast of the BBPA. Uh, we call it, as you know, as we always do, Answering the Call. Uh, my name is Jamie Keneally, alongside, as always, the president of the Boston Police Patrolmen's Association, Larry Calderon. Larry, how are we doing today? Doing great, Jamie. Thanks for taking the time to put this together along with everything else you're doing, Beacon Hill, social media, et cetera. And thank the men and women, as usual, for the job that they do extremely well day and night, every day of the week. Well, that's what we do, Larry, at the top of the show. It's, it's, it's important that we, we kick off every show showing our appreciation and praise for the hardworking men and women of BPD. Uh, always, always so much great work to, to uh, uh, being done and to acknowledge. That said, um, you know, the issues at Mass and Cass continue. It remains a mess, and our officers are doing their best to, to, to clean it up and keep people safe. But um, what are your thoughts there, Larry? Yeah, Mass and Cass is heating up. As the weather gets warmer, it's only going to get worse. Uh, more and more uh, constituents uh, are taking up residence down at Mass and Cass. And uh, we've had some of our street outreach team members and drug control unit members that have been attacked while trying to keep uh, the normal citizenry safe down there and keep drug peddling to a minimum. Uh, just recently, I was going over a few reports and, and met with one of the officers from the outreach team. Uh, where our drug control unit officers were trying to effect an arrest. Uh, the individual ended up tackling one of our female officers, knocking her to the ground, getting on top of her. And uh, as aid came to, to her uh, as quickly as possible, uh, the officers were surrounded not only by the residents, as I'll refer to them, of Mass and Cass, but by the mental health care workers that are supposed to be down there working hand in hand with the police department. Uh, they were yelling obscenities. They were chastising the police officers. Wow. It's, it, it's just, it's out of control. Yeah. And, we, we, you know, our officers are down there trying to protect the citizens and the visitors and the people that are uh, taking up residence there. And we're being met with resistance yep. from the mental health clinicians yep. that are supposed to be helping us. Give I me just, a break. Yeah, it's only going to get worse. And I hope the mayor and the department at hierarchy are going to do something more to keep our officers safe first and foremost. Yep. Uh, we're down there doing our job, but we can't do it when we're being surrounded, kicked and knocked to the ground. Yep. No one has a right to put their hands on to attack, to try to hurt our a police officer. We can't we can't say that enough. Uh, lots to get to in, the, in, in today's podcast. Aaron Murphy coming up in a bit. Uh, also want to thank Dan Ray, our guest in our last uh, podcast, Larry. Great conversation with Dan. But as always, uh, the hot topic, the contract. Uh, as of June, I believe, are we three years? Uh, July 1st will be three years, correct. So July 1st, three years without a contract, which means three years of no raises, three years of stagnated uh, wages. So where are we in the negotiations? I, I think we're up at JLMC, but you tell us, Larry. Yes, I know we touch on it every podcast here. So quickly, um, we, we are very close to having joint labor management vote to take jurisdiction in the matter. Uh, as we've been visiting stations and roll calls uh, and talking to the House of Reps, we believe that it will be uh, imminent here in the month of May. Hopefully sooner than later, we expect a JLMC to take jurisdiction and start the process moving forward. Soup to nuts, all said and done. Hopefully finish complete with an award by October, November of this year. 
definitely before the year is out. And uh, just as a reminder to everybody out there, the, the process itself is a lengthy process, as yeah. we know. Uh, but going into the summer months of July and August do not help. Uh, you have attorneys on both sides that are taking vacations with their families. Right. Really slow down the process. So uh, we, as soon as we have better news and we know JLMC has, in fact, started the process on their end and met with the mayor's office and then meets with us, uh, we'll report back to the House and the members. But I've heard you say it a bunch of times. I want to give you a chance to say it again. You, re you remain optimistic that our officers are going to be compensated and compensated well. I'm very optimistic, and I'll repeat again what we're saying at Roll Calls when Chris, myself, you, and other leadership members are out there. Uh, we're very confident. We are going to be paid. We are going to be paid well. Look no further than our brothers and sisters over in Cambridge, uh, the city of Quincy, um, Newton, Needham, all these communities that respect and value their police officers. They're paying them well, yeah. and they're taking care of them not only in their base wages and benefits, uh, but they're also taking care of them in the public safety detail realm. Public safety details language is part of their contract. Uh, without a doubt, that is one of the things we're striving to do is make sure that our detail language is tied to our contract. So in the future, we can't have city councilors pretend that they're going to take away our livelihood. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're very optimistic. I believe that we are going to be extremely su successful in this arbitration. Um, and just stand by and hang on, folks. We're, well, we're all the way. Well, it's funny. You used the word respect. Of course, we heard Tanya Fernandez-Anderson at the top of the show talking about respect. And again, she said, if you love and care about people you, and you respect them, if you respect them, you pay them. So can we expect Tanya to live up to her words and other counselors as well? I mean, assuming they respect the great work, the hardworking men and women of BPD are doing out there each and every day? Uh, well, I'm I'm going to keep that um, thought of do they respect us to myself for the moment. Yeah. Uh, proof is in the <laughs> yeah, pudding. Know. Actions speak louder than words. So, yes, I expect Councillor Fernandez and other very vocal counselors to, yeah, uphold their end of the bargain, respect their police officers, fund the contract when it comes forward. Uh, we know that the mayor is bound to uh, abide by the contract language that comes from the arbitrator's decision. Uh, it is the mayor's job to advocate for passage along with ours. But yes, yeah, city councilors, yeah, actions speak louder than words. Respect your employees. That includes your police officers. And just to touch on something that just happened last night, uh, 718, the firefighters, they also file for joint labor management okay. last night. Good so uh, first responders are not being respected. They yep. are not being paid. We're not keeping up with inflation. Um, so we're going to file with the state board, and we will be successful in the end, Jamie. Well, we know they don't respect. Uh, certain elected officials don't respect our, our, our efforts. And it's funny, I guess the question to you, and, and the Globe addressed it recently, uh, and we don't read the Globe often, but that said, do public comments from elected officials matter? Of you course, know? of course they do. It, well, well, Larry, before you answer, Ricardo Arroyo seems to think, oh, no, it doesn't matter. We can disrespect police officers. We can make all sorts of accusations about police misconduct, which doesn't exist uh, by and large because we have one of the best police departments in the nation. But Ricar Ricardo says no. And it's laughable to think that his comments and the comments of, you know, Tanya, Kendra and, and Julia would matter. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Councillor Royal, he's a, he's an interesting counselor. Um, when you look up flip-flopper in the dictionary, he probably has his picture there. So, you know, one day he's talking to me about how much he respects us, values us, yeah. needs us, wants to be helpful uh, in the debate over some counselors wanting to take away public safety details uh, from police officers. And the next day he's chastising us in the paper and saying how we need to grow up. So, uh, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we need to replace some of these counselors, like Counselor Arroyo himself. Yep. Um, I, I truly hope somebody 
um, the support of, of the general public in the city of Boston, yeah. especially the first responders, EMS, police officers, firefighters. Uh, we, we need a counselor that's going to stand up for us, speak with reality, take care of those employees, all of us that yeah. work so hard for the city of Boston. Don't alienate your first responders because yep. it's popular. Don't buy into this narrative of vilifying law enforcement, the defund the police movement that has been proven across the country to be a complete failure. Colossal yeah. failure. Look at Chicago with the deaths and the crime that are running rampant over there that nobody wants to talk about. So, Councilor Arroyo, maybe, I don't know, look for another profession like he likes to tell our people, and let's get some elected officials that want to work for great everyone. to see somebody who cares about public safety and law enforcement run against him, but um, who, who knows what the future has in store. Right. Um, that said, it's funny, just real quick, the Office of Police Accountability and Transparency, open for business. They're getting no business. Well, you know, it's hard to get business when your police department is one of the best departments in the country. Thank you. And they can continue to pr- pretend and continue with this uh, defund the police yeah. movement that, again, it's, it's a handful of counselors and it's a handful of very loud but small group of people in the city that want to. Uh, continue the charade that police officers are bad. Look, we can go to back bad. to we can go back to body cameras when they said it was going to expose corruption and police brutality. Yep. That has proven that our officers are above and beyond professional in handling their duties every day. And then they come up with the OPAT, nothing there to see. You come up with the post commission who is inundated with the entire state uh, law enforcement community. So I, I got to hold that to the side. That's a that's a different. Um, Different law, different panel, different commission. Uh, but when you're talking about the city of Boston, body cameras, uh, OPAT, uh, look, we're, we're the best police department in the country, Jamie. Everybody we, everybody knows Everybody it. knows it, We don't it, have Larry. to quote the former President Obama again. We've done it 2015 so 2015 calls from the yeah. Premier Community Police Department of the Nation. But then again, we've had, we have more police reform than ever. And yet they can't seem to find the examples of police misbehavior, misconduct they promised. You know why? Because it doesn't exist. All right. Couple quick issues on the tail end, Larry. Uh, Easter egg hunt. I think it was the third annual BPPA Easter egg hunt. How'd it go? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, about a little over 100 members, their families, their kids, uh, some grandparents were there as well. Gets bigger every year. Um, we should give a, a shout out to, to Lauren Woods uh, and her husband, Ryan. That who Lauren, works nice for, job. Yeah, she runs, uh, excuse me, um, the husband runs Park and Rex, who's always great for us with cleanup and, and securing the area. So uh, big shout out to Lauren Woods for being extremely helpful to us and to all those members that are enjoying what was another great successful year, letting the kids run around, grab bags, grab candy. Etc. Another family-friendly event, courtesy of the BPPA. Uh, Commissioner Cup Hockey Attorney uh, cooking burgers and dogs. Yeah, a lot of thanks too there from the hockey sponsors. Uh, we, we were over in Southie that day. Me, you, Vice President Chris Keaton uh, cooked up over 400 pieces of meat for the, the attendees, and yeah, just good, another great event where time. yeah, where the union can sponsor the families and the organizations that are that are giving something back to the members in the community. So another successful event. Yeah. Everybody appreciates it. Speaking of adding value in, in pieces of meat. Uh, over or close to a thousand burgers and dogs served up at the Boston Marathon once again. BBPA at Kenmore Square doing our best to to take care of the hardworking men and women of BPD. Yeah, I can't say enough about the marathon every year. What a huge success! Great teamwork by all the unions who put out food trucks. Uh, uh, big shout out to the Providence Fire Signal Operators. That's that. Uh, uh, fire department organization from Providence. That yeah, they're great. They come. They come every time we ask them. Yep. They here for every marathon, every Caribbean festival. Uh, unfortunately, when we had some civil disobedience uh, a few years back, they were up here as well helping. So, uh, marathon huge success. Yeah. Uh, not not only from um, 
our perspective for providing for the union members there in Kenmore Square, like we do every year, like you say, almost a thousand pieces of meat between. Huge. Yeah, sausage, yeah. chicken, um, soup. Beef, soup this year. Hello. And people made fun of me for the soup, but uh, that was me. Officers were, yeah, the soup, yeah. officers were coming back for second and third cups of soup on a cold, rainy day. Um, but we were able to donate food to the Brotherhood of the Fallen, who also helped up officers from, guys from B2, from B2 yep, on the other side of Kenmore yep. Square. Yep. So a lot of people helping out, a lot of people sharing the response. Responsibility uh, to feed everybody that was volunteering, men and women in uniform. So hugely successful. Again, we thank everybody. All right, two quick things before we get to Aaron Murphy, uh, our guest on today's podcast. Formal dress jackets, uh, again, another huge achievement for the first time I know in, in our history, Larry. Finally, uh, the men and women of the BBD have a formal dress uniform. Have we passed them all out? And what has the reaction been? I know it's been positive. Yeah, the reaction is fantastic. For once, uh, the union, well, excuse me, I shouldn't say for once, but this union, this leadership, myself, uh, who is the one who put the motion forward in the House passing it, allowing this to start. It did take time, but here we are. Almost everyone has now a uniform dress jacket. When we go to these special events, we can look like the professional organization that we are. Uh, if you do not have your dress jacket, please see your elected representative from the BPPA House of Reps. Uh, I believe there are a few specialized units, Jamie, who um, have not picked up the majority of their uniforms. Okay. But uh, Come get them. Yeah, they, they know. They're working with uh, Officers Mendes and, um, and Kevin Zanok to have that happen. Um, and for those officers who are unable to get fitted for some reason, uh, we'll be going back oh. to the House of Reps to figure out how we're going to make that happen. Uh, the commissioner has made it clear that he is not supporting or approving the new patch. He is not providing any more release time for uh, the union to be in involved with fittings, but we'll figure that out as time moves on. All right, Aaron Murphy coming up after the break. Stay with us. All right, everybody, uh, citywide city councilor Aaron Murphy is our guest, a former school teacher with over two decades of teaching experience in the Boston Public Schools. I mean, Aaron really is, she's one of our favorites, Larry. There's no question about that. So, Aaron, first things first, you should know you are our first elected official on the BPPA podcast, so I'm sure you're pretty psyched about that. Wow, I didn't know that. This is exciting. <laughs> I feel honored. Yeah, I think there's a free T-shirt. I'm not sure yet. We get it. We'll have yeah, to check what that. What do I get for that? I think yeah, sometimes I stick my neck out for you. I could get a T-shirt or something. You, you at least a T-shirt, and we certainly appreciate you and everything you do for us. So first things first, uh, we're static. I, I know you've announced that you're running for a second term. Uh, I believe yeah. the official announcement is going to take place May the sixth at the industry at 750 Adams Street in Dorchester. Again, we couldn't be more excited, but I got to ask, was, was the decision to run again, uh, was, it, was it an easy decision to make, Erin? For me, absolutely. The work isn't done, it's just beginning. And this first term, you know, I'm in what, 15, 16 months in now, it's, we, the city just needs more people, I think, like myself, showing up, being honest, talking to constituents and really hearing what people need and want and not just guessing or making assumptions and pushing policy that doesn't match what the people want. So absolutely running for reelection. My kickoff is May 6th to start getting signatures and get on the ballot. As you know, it's every two years. So before you know it, you're up for reelection, but I'm excited to be back out there. Yeah. How, how quick did that, did that kind of go by? Very quick, yeah. especially because, you know, the election won't be until the fall. But by the time you've signed papers and collect signatures, yeah, it comes it comes quick. 
Well, I, I know the first time you ran, of course, you had our support, and, and our support for you obviously continues, Aaron. And the, the one thing I want our listeners to know and our members to know, you know, we're always asking elected officials to actually go on a ride-along and, and put yourself in the seat of a police officer. You were one of the few to do it. And, and I can tell you, and I know you know this already, it meant a ton to us and to our officers. And, and I got to ask you, you know, given that experience, I know it was District Day 1. I think you, I think it was a, do you go first half or midnight shift? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I did. I showed up at roll call and then I stayed until I think like 3, 3 a.m. Awesome. So it meant a lot to, what did it mean to you? It meant a lot to us. What did it mean to you? What did you learn? One of the, well, one thing I had seen that it had gone out there that um, people had been asked in the past and never took you up on the offer. And the first thing I said is, wait, I've been asking. I want to make sure who do I call to make sure I can make this happen. And I got connected with A1, and I was excited for it. One of the reasons and something I've always said is as a school teacher in the city of Austin for over 20 years, lots of times people are making decisions for us and never spending one day in a classroom, never a teacher, but thought they knew better. And I wanted to make sure I understood, especially knowing that I was going to win and represent the residents of the city of Austin, but also represent our police officers. Like, what is your job really like? What are your challenges? What is a shift like? What do you What do you encounter? What do you need? And how I was going to be able to then be more supportive if I don't show up and listen and learn from not just residents, but our city workers, then I don't think I'm doing my job in representing as well as I could be. Well, I, I, I don't know what your takeaway was, but I can tell you the takeaway from the officers there, I, I, and I think all of them pretty much to every person kind of said the same thing. You valued our our workforce. You made them feel important because you took the time to listen. And, and, and that seems to be something you do better than just about any elected official. Well, yeah, I think the narrative that the police are like not part of the solution is just silly. Not only are you fellow city employees and you're also many times residents, dads, coaches, moms, like you're out there in the community and we have to support all of our city workforce, especially our police who put their life on the line and show up and especially coming out of COVID and the pandemic, it really showed which departments step up and don't, don't get a day off. Don't get to work remotely. And we need to respect that. Yeah, we appreciate that. That, that was certainly our workforce. So I, I, I want to quickly say, anybody who follows you on social media, and of course we do, I mean, you are everywhere. Uh, up at the crack of dawn, you know, not home until the until, until sun goes down, north end, south end, westy, easty, southy. Uh, you're always someplace, always talking to and connecting to people. And, and it seems, and it doesn't seem, and I know it's the case, you, you're well-received everywhere you go. And, and I know that because um, just a little small things you do for our officers, like at parades and public events. And I want folks to know this. You always go out of your way, always go out of your way to approach our officers, acknowledge them and thank them. Um, how come? Well, um, especially when they're out there working, just to make sure I acknowledge that, you know, I see them, they're humans. They're just like the rest of us that we need to humanize the police force, I think is important. And just to let them know that I see them and I do it to the police. But I also, I said, um, someone asked me why every morning I say good morning to the security, the municipal police or the secretaries. And I was like, 
maybe I was brought up differently than some of these <laughs> other people, but my dad said on my first day teaching in the Boston Public Schools, the two people I have to make sure that I'm respectful to and become friends with is the custodian and the secretary. And they Love said, it. if you do that, you're going to have a good career. That's, that's, <laughs> it that... always stood by me. Yeah, it, it, it's great yeah, advice. We're all equal. Yeah. yeah, especially to think now that I'm in this position too, like we're, we're all just trying to get through and do the best for ourselves and do our job and raise our family. And just for me, it's just making the city better. And, and, and you do it so well, connecting with people, valuing people, respecting people. That That's how you bring people together. And you certainly do that extremely well. All right. School safety. Uh, mm-hmm. un- undoubtedly, you've been ahead of the curve on this. Um, one of your core issues. And, and I, I think it's, I mean, let's face it, it's common sense. If we're going to make schools safer, common sense deterrence, like metal detectors, like, you know, resource officers. And, yep. you know, there's folks who say, oh, that's crazy. There's a prison, a school to prison pipeline, which I, I think is absurd. But, but just yesterday, a new poll by Mass Inc., essentially confirmed everything you've been saying all along. And I, I think the study by Massing said upwards of 75%, which is a huge number, of BPS parents agree with Aaron Murphy and they want more safety. They, they want common sense deterrence like metal detectors and police officers in schools who can build positive relationships. So what, did, what were your thoughts when you saw the poll come up? Uh, as you know, not surprised, but happy to see that the parents saw that poll as a way to safely share their concerns because what I hear time and time again from parents, students, teachers is they don't know who to call. They're afraid. They text me, they call me to say, you know, this is going on. No one's listening to us. So I was happy to see that that and that the newspapers wrote about it. Unfortunately, sometimes things happen and then it's not reported on. Counselor. Yeah. Sorry, Councilor Larry Kelder. No, no, no. Uh, let, let me just say again and echo what Jamie's saying. Thank you very much on the behalf of all the members that we represent and that you represent as a councilor for being there for them. Uh, it, it means a tremendous amount for them uh, to have an elected official go up and say thank you, say hello, recognize them for the work they do day and night. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about, Boston Public Schools, um, uh, put something yeah. on your radar. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but um, a couple of weeks ago, in the state post commission uh, public meeting, I asked a question about uh, SROs in the schools uh, because uh-huh. because it's been reported to us here at the Union Hall uh, that the Boston Police Department is tr- trying to enter into uh, an MOA with the Boston Public Schools. Um, yep. Seems to be under the radar. I don't know if elected officials are aware of it, but we became aware of it. Uh, we're, we're trying to weigh in and find out what exactly is going on, because what, what's being reported to us is that that the school department is mandating the police department to instruct mm-hmm. officers when they come into contact with individuals at the school, if we're lucky enough to be spoken to by um, the teachers or the administrators there, uh, that they, mm-hmm. do, they do not want... Uh, a name of a student in the report. And that flies contrary yeah. to what we're teaching our recruit officers coming out of the academy, the standard that they're being held to under the new post law. Um, it, it, it flies in the face of what truth should be and yeah. transparency should be. How do we, how do we have uh, children in school carrying weapons, carrying guns, assaulting teachers, assaulting their classmates? And, and then- We've had a few bus incidences. Yesterday, a bus driver was attacked. I think someone may have been also this morning I was hearing. Um, yeah, so on that issue, 
for me as a teacher, a mom who you know, raised my kids, um, the pipeline to prison to me is the lack of academic success. When 91% of our students at Madison Park High and when over 20% of our students across the system are failing, to me, that's a pipeline to prison. We're not preparing our students yeah, the to be ready for the workforce. No, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, and when, you, when you're leaving out the rank and file and the people that are answering the calls for service, when you're entering into an agreement with the school system, it doesn't look like transparency to me. Uh, and, and I'm not spotting you, Counselor. I'm, I'm spotting, the, I, I guess, the police commissioner of the department and the mayor of the city of Boston and the school department head, the, the pr uh, principal or um, the, the school administrator herself. Someone needs to be accountable and somebody needs to share this information. We shouldn't be putting together a memorandum of understanding, instructing officers to not be To truthful. not do what you're legally supposed to do. Yeah. 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 Well, my opinion, too, is that, and I've said this before, police are in the business of public safety. They don't want to be teachers. They're not educators. And our teachers are not in the business of public safety. So we don't want to do each other's jobs. But when... It does happen, and like you said, it does happen. We've had students bring weapons, fight, and then the police need to be called. The public safety should be utmost of everyone's concern. Couldn't agree more. Not it whether or not they're going to get in a building. So if someone wants to call 911, they should feel safe to just call 911. Correct. And if somebody's toting a weapon in school, a, a firearm or a knife, and that student's assaulting people, uh, then that needs to be dealt with on a professional level. Uh, there are Absolutely. many many different avenues we can go, but instructing police officers not to report it, uh, that flies in the face of transparency in the law. Absolutely. I mean, we can hide a name from the media. We can keep, you know, and kids under 18, there's all of those important things we have to worry about, but the actual report should not be dictated by a school department. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, Councilor. Aaron, I, I, so we're going to close. Last question. Uh, by the way, great job on OTR. I saw you sit down, the sit down with Sharma yeah. Chiketti, and she asked you a question at the end because obviously we want to see you top the ticket and, and, and get the most votes of any councils. But I, she, did she surprise you with the question about a, a mayoral run sometime in the future? Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that question. I think I was prepared for all the other ones. But just like I told her, um, I feel like uh, any anything's possible in your life, and who knows what the future brings. I never thought I would be leaving my kindergarten classroom job that I loved <laughs> for a couple decades to be in this role now as a city councilor. So I can't rule out anything in my future. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a credit to all the hard work that you've been doing, and of course, we appreciate your time. Last thought for you: anything you want to say to the hardworking men and women of the Boston Police Patrolmen's Association? The last the last comments is left to you. Oh, thank you. Just thank you for all you do. I recognize you. I respect you, and I hope that the climate is shifting. One of the polls, the one of the things that came out of the poll, which is something you know and I know going to neighborhoods and talking to residents all across the city is they want more of a police presence. They want more of the yeah. community policing. They want the good weather's coming. They want police on bikes. And so there's a small group of loud voices saying differently, but the actual residents, the seniors, the moms who just want neighborhood safe, park safe for their kids, for their family. So we need to support and make sure that we don't get drowned out.
right? Yeah. You're, you're preaching. I'm willing to listen and learn. And if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm always somebody to yeah you know, readjust my thoughts and think and have real uh, hard conversations on something I ever turn away from. But at the end of the day, the police are part of our solution. They're not the enemy. So we need to continue to push that message out there. Could not have said it any better. Aaron Murphy, City Watch City Council, Aaron Murphy. Again, kickoff party May 6th at the industry. Uh, yes, 10 what time is it at? It, it's in the morning, Saturday oh, morning. Oh, it's in the morning? Yep. Okay. I'm, all right. We'll have Even to. Better. I'm gonna have to sit. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to cut we're gonna cut that part out, Aaron, because Jamie didn't know. So I would have to set the alarm clock. But, but Aaron, again, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for being our first guest. Uh, you mean a lot to us, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for all that you do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. You know the nice thing too, Aaron was headed to she had a city, she had, well she has her city council meeting today at noon so uh we certainly appreciate her time oh, she's uh, awesome. and speaking of time i think we are out of time larry calderon uh that is is that episode seven <laughs> feels like episode 17 anyway whatever it is uh that that is that is the end of, of today's uh, podcast the bpa podcast the official podcast of the boston police patrolmen's association larry last thought for you uh, just the usual, thanking the men and women out there in uniform that are entering the calls for service every day. And uh, I want to touch upon, especially the drug control units that are down dealing with that mass and cast situation that we just referred to. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, everybody is being safe, protecting each other, backing each other up and doing the best we can with uh, the shortage of manpower that we have. So uh, thank you for what you do and be safe out there. See you soon. Larry, could not agree with you more. And to the thousands of listeners out there, uh, please, if you have a show suggestion, idea, thought, uh, critique, you, you name it, please uh, send it to us at answeringthecall at bpba.org. Again, answering the call at bbba.org. Please send those comments along. I'm Jamie Keneally. He's Larry Calderon. Until next time, be safe, everybody.